podcast. Uh, see if you can. Good morning, everyone. Uh, glad you could join me today. Uh, we got a special guest, uh, church planter. Um, he was a church planter in Colorado. Uh, and we'll get to that here in a moment. First, we're going to open up in a word of prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for what you've done for us, what you've given us. Thank you for this uh, opportunity today to to. Uh, honor and glorify you. I pray that we would be faithful in what we're, uh, what you've called us to do. Help us to be good examples and a good influence for you. Help us to be faithful. Help us to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Uh, help us to be bold, be brave. We know that that you've not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So I pray that we would exercise those in faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, through the Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you've done. We give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, today is going to be a, uh, we have a guest, guest uh, brother number four. Uh, yeah, his name is brother number four because our great-granddaddy Roy uh, couldn't remember all of our names. So he would say, I know Joshua, Jonathan. Brian, but the rest of them is number four and number five because I can't remember them all. And so that was pretty yeah. funny. So he, he got dubbed um, many moons ago, brother number four. So he's going to be on here. And we've had a, we had recently had an interview with uh, Brian Miller um, with uh, the Sacred Musician. And uh, if you haven't 
heard of that interview, go go back through on here on Podbean and look it up. It's a good interview with him. Um, before we get to the interview with Brandon, I want to go over some a couple things that are very important. Um, as in as described in Ezekiel chapter thirty three, uh, as Christians, we are the watchmen on the wall. There's dangers coming. There is a war raging and danger is getting close. As a Christian, we're supposed to uh, warn others of this impending danger. This danger is set to consume every person on this face of this earth that has not put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So we have an obligation to warn them of the impending danger. That is condemnation and the lake of fire in the lake of fire. So we, we have a, a, an obligation as Christians to, to warn people, to spread the gospel. Uh, there is condemnation, but there is the gospel, which is the good news. Uh, uh, the, as you, as I mentioned uh, several times on this podcast is that I've been convicted to do just that, to share the word of God and to warn people. I am the watchman on the wall and I've been warning people of certain things. So I'm going to mention a couple here and that is the food shortage. There is definitely going to be a food shortage. We're already seeing the outliers of it happening now. And just to top that off yesterday, uh, I saw, uh, actually Sunday, uh, at the local Krispy Kreme here in my area, there was actually a fight over a donut. So it's getting real. But I want to read a couple statistics. Um, there's been, uh, to, up to this point this year, there's been 22 food processing facility plants that have been destroyed by fire uh, or badly damaged by fire. And two of them have been hit by planes. Um, specifically this just i want to show you real quickly before we get into the interview um the importance of this in rembrandt iowa rembrandt enterprises is laying off 135 employees at its egg laying plant in buena vista county the plant home to over 5 million hens was hit by a pathogenic avian influenza last month under the Worker Adjustment of Restraining Notification, WARN Act, employers are required to report mass layoffs. Rembrandt Enterprises reported its layoffs on April 5th to Iowa Workforce Development, according to the agency's WARN log. It's not known how many people are employed at the egg-laying plant, which is one of the largest in the nation. The Iowa Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship has not identified any facility impacted by bird flu, but a county official and area poultry farmer in the region identified Rembrandt as the Buena Vista facility where 5.3 million egg-laying hens were euthanized after the virus was detected on March 17th. Um, so we have this. I just want to mention that the food shortage is real. And there are food, food processing plants that are being attacked and destroyed. And also, they're using PCR tests. Yeah, I said that right. 
PCR tests on birds and they're claiming that they have a virus. And so then they're, they're forcing the farms to euthanize the animals. This is putting us in a food crisis. It's very important, but I'll go into further details on that on the next podcast, Lord willing. Uh, also want to mention, I finally got my great, the book, great reset by Glenn Beck. Uh, I'd ordered it like two months ago and I never got it on Amazon. And that's the first time I've ever ordered something on Amazon. and never got it. Uh, it was shipped. It, I, I paid for it. Never got it. So my wife finally found it in a, I think at Walmart. Finally, it was there on the bookshelf there two months later. So I'll be reading it and sharing some excerpts about it. It's about the, the Great Reset, which is what we're in right now. Uh, the uh, elites of the world have activated it. Uh, it. It's quite obvious through the pandemic. Uh, but the Great Reset shows you the agenda behind Joe Biden, uh, Klaus Schwab, and George Soros. Um, and what, what their, their plan is. So what we're on this channel about is um, using God's word as Christians. We serve him. We're his children. So we're taking event, current events and applying biblical principles and God's word to that situation. So I'll do that in another podcast. All right, let's get into the interview. So we've got Brandon Miller, which is uh, brother number four. And I'm the oldest of five, by the way, and he's number four. And being dubbed by our great granddaddy Roy, who fought in World War II. And Brandon Miller has dedicated his life to serve the Lord. And I thankfully, uh, my other brothers have as, as well. And we, we can, we kind of, um, we thank, we thank the the Lord for our parents, their devotion, their home missionaries here in the United States. We've, we've moved all over the place, the East coast, even, um, and currently my parents are out in, uh, Colorado as church planters out there. And they're, they're able to revitalize a church there in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, uh, but thanks to their devotion and their faithfulness to the Lord, they've brought us up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And, we have uh, been blessed by that. Uh, we've been able to serve the Lord. We've had hardships, hard times come up, but we see the Lord moving and the Lord working, and we hope to be in his will where we are at. Now, we're spread out across this uh, country here, serving the Lord in different areas. So I've interviewed my brother, Jonathan. He's a church planner also. I've interviewed my brother, Brian. He's a with the sacred music, sacred musician podcast. And it's awesome to see how the Lord is using each one of us in a different, our respective areas. So we're going to go ahead and get into it. I'm going to open up the floor to uh, Brandon Miller and I'm going to let him start off and give you his testimony and how the, where, where his walk with the Lord started. And he's going to lead up through to today, what the Lord is doing with him today so let's welcome welcome up brandon uh brandon miller church planner how you doing today i'm good how are you doing well good thanks for having me on your on your show i'm uh like you said i'm very thankful for our our family and and our parents how they brought us up i think it 
like you said, it's it's definitely a blessing of the Lord that we were able to grow up in a in a Christian home where we were taught biblical principles, biblical values. We were taught the Bible and and how to how to apply it, like you said, to to what we're in currently, what we've what we've gone through in our lives. Um, we're able to find wisdom and guidance through Scripture, not just to um, bounce back and forth in our life trying to find purpose or to find direction. But uh, we were taught as as a blessing from God. We were taught by our parents how to seek the Scriptures for truth and seek Scriptures for guidance. So I'm very thankful for that. Uh, my my testimony, uh, I guess, would start out with um, I got saved when I was when I was five, you know, very young. But I remember hearing a message from my dad. He was the, been the pastor at most of the churches I've attended in my life. But he was preaching about how sin separates us from God, and how God created us to be one with Him, to be united with Him. But that sin draws that wedge between us, separates us from Him, and. At five years old, I didn't understand everything. I didn't um, know all the theology and the doctrine and the scripture. But I remember him saying that that our sin separates us from God and that because of that, there would be punishment. Uh, that one day when we die, we would be separated eternally from God in hell and condemnation uh, because of our sin. But that God did not want that for us. He did not wish that on us and that he provided a way. Um, to heaven, to himself, and to freedom from that condemnation. And so I remember after that service, I uh, I didn't get saved right there in the service. I went home and I was thinking about it, and it, and it was very heavy on my on my heart, even at, at five years old. And and I remember going home and thinking, man, I need to be saved. And so I went to my my parents' door to their room and was going to knock on the door to, to ask them to pray with me to be saved, show me how to be saved. And dad and mom were taking their Sunday afternoon nap. And, and I remember dad had always told us, if I'm taking a nap, don't wake me up unless the house is on fire. And so I stood there at the door uh, pondering, <laughs> should I knock or should I not? Does this, does this qualify as important enough to wake, wake dad up? And, and I opted out because the house was not on fire. And so I went and talked to my older brother, Jonathan, which is number two in the line. And he showed me how to be saved. And I, I gave my life to Christ there at the, in our living room floor. And, you know, since then, it's always, it's always neat. I see these awesome testimonies of people where they were uh, pulled out of a life of sin and, and um, really misery you know, being, being in bondage to sin and God pulls them out of it. For me, uh, like many people who grew up in a Christian home, most of my sin has been after I got saved. I, I got saved at an early age, and and I've I've grown up in that, and and uh, I've fallen, and I've and I've sinned, and I've and I've made mistakes. But God has been with me all along the way to always pick me back up and keep me going. And His grace has has always been there. His forgiveness has always been has always been amazing. But when I was when I was 14 years old, I was uh, thinking about what I was going to do with with my life, and and I wanted I had already decided I wanted to do what was going to be the greatest thing for God, what was going to bring Him the most glory. I had made that up in my mind that I was I was going to serve Him with my life, 
And so I started thinking, well, what, what is the thing, what is the one thing I can do that is the, is the best thing to bring God glory? What, what can I do with my life that will bring God the most glory? And I decided that that was pretty obvious that the, the best way I could bring God glory was to be a missionary in, in a third world country. I could go and I could bring the gospel to people who don't have it. I could bring Bibles to people who've never read it. And so I decided that's what I'm going to do. Uh, that's my, that's what my life is going to be is a missionary to another country to bring God glory and to bring people to Christ. And I was thinking about this and I, so I was thinking about my different options of where I should go and thought it would be neat to be in the jungle because then I could bring a machete and slice through vines and all that kind of thing. And so I was just, I was just going to decide where I was going to go. And then all of a sudden, as I'm, as I'm thinking about all this and I'm walking through the house there in Alabama, where we grew up, where I grew up, the thought occurred to me, uh, just like a ton of bricks, it hit me. If I want to do the best thing for God, if I want to bring do for him what will bring him the most glory, then maybe maybe he should have a say in that. Maybe he should have a say in what that is. And so right then I, I got on my knees and I I began to pray and I asked God, God, I well first I surrendered to him and I told him, you know, Lord, I surrender my will to you and, and whatever it is you want me to do, that's what I want to do. And then I, and then I asked him, Lord, will you please show me what it is you want me to do with my life. Will you please tell me? I surrender everything to you, not my will, but your will be done. And I prayed that. And, and as I prayed that, uh, I didn't hear an audible voice, but I heard it just as clearly. God said, I want you to preach. And I knew, I knew that that was what he said to me. It was, it was clear and obvious that God called me to preach. And I, and I said, okay, Lord, that's what I'll do. And that was about the time that Preaching was the farthest thing from my list of wanting to do other than as a missionary in another country because I didn't like the idea of standing up on a stage or being in front of people or anything like that. Uh, I didn't mind so bad if I was in the jungle, <laughs> but uh, I didn't want to preach in a, in a church and God called me to do that. And I said, yes, Lord, that's what I'll do. A couple of years later, we were in Rhode Island helping um, build the, the physical building for the church there in North Kingstown, Exeter, Rhode Island, with Pastor Bill Reynolds. And we were driving through this town in Rhode Island. And it was me and, and Pastor Bill and my dad. And I can't remember if anyone else was in the in the vehicle with us, but but Pastor Bill made the statement as we were driving through this this other town. He said, Now this would be a place to start another church. This is another church needs to be started here in the future. And and as he said that again, I heard that same voice that told me, I want you to preach. He said, that's you. When pastor Bill said a church needs to be started here, another church here in Rhode Island, God said, that's you. And, and I knew then and, and, and ever since I've known that God wants me to plant a church in Rhode Island. And I have not gotten there yet. And that was about 10 years ago that he called me to that. Um, but I've been preparing and I, and I know that God has been personally preparing me. I went to went to Bible college for a couple years. And that's where I met my, my wife now. 
And but after those two years, I I left school to go help our parents to um, get the church going in Colorado, where there was a, a church that was struggling, and we went to help get it back on its feet and and help with the work the Lord was was already doing there. During that time there in in Colorado, we saw uh, some really neat things, and we saw God working, but. During that time, I knew the Lord was telling us to start kind of uh, hunkering down to prepare for to go to Rhode Island, that we were getting closer. And, and he told me to go, told us to go to, um, well, really, really all we felt, and we felt this very clearly, was the Lord just told us to, to go. And it was me and my wife, Leah, both um, individually felt that God had told us, get up and go. It's almost like, kind of like what he, with Abraham, how he told him to get up and go to the to the mountain that I'll show you. But we didn't know where he was telling us to go. We just knew he was telling us to leave, and and that it was because he was preparing us to get to Rhode Island. And so we ended up moving to North Carolina to stay with Leah's parents for a little while while we found our own place and tried to get financially ready for um, to move to Rhode Island. We've been in that uh, spot now. We're here in North Carolina now um, preparing. We've been helping here with the church, teaching Sunday school and, and different things. But but God has been um, preparing our hearts. We've been learning a lot and and feel like we've been growing, growing a lot closer to the Lord, growing in the scriptures. And, and it's been a really good um, time for us. But over the last year or so, as we've been trying to prepare to get to Rhode Island and to do the ministry that God has called us to over the last year or so, we, we started to kind of wonder about the, the scriptures in, in the new Testament. You read about the miracles that Jesus did and you read about the miracles that the disciples did. And, and I've always thought that, you know, those were awesome things, but that they were, you know, they happened in that day. They happened when Jesus was starting his church and that, and that now we don't see those things so much. And that had been my experience. We've, I've seen God step in and I've seen God do awesome things and including speaking to me. Um, but I haven't seen those kinds of things in front of me for someone else. I started to wonder because I read in the scriptures that Jesus said, if you believe in me and if you follow me, you'll see greater things than these. And I, and I just began to question that. Well, Jesus said, we're going to see greater things and I'm not seeing greater things. So what, what gives, am I missing something in the scripture? And about that same time, again, independently of each other, my wife and I were kind of getting to that same point in our own hearts. She was watching a a TV show um, that depicts the life of Christ. And just, just like with any movie or TV show um, based on the scriptures, there's, um, it needs to be grounded in the scriptures, but there's going to be gaps here and there between the, where the, where the storyline in the scripture picks up and, and stops. And, and as a, as a TV show or movie, they've got to fill in that gap, um, to make it flow. And so as my wife was watching this show, she began asking a lot of questions like, you know, did this part really happen in the scripture or is that something they they're using to to fill in the gap is that something they're using to 
continue to flow. And so we would talk about it and, and look at it in the scriptures. And well, she began to get frustrated with it because she said, well, I don't like not knowing. I don't like always having to question is this scripture or is this not? Because I should know. So she started just reading the new Testament from Matthew through Luke. She, she read the gospels and she, and every day she was in there reading the scriptures and trying to learn because she wanted to be able to watch this show and know what was scripture and what wasn't um, better, better for herself. And as she started to read and learn more about the scripture, she began to come to that same conclusion that, that I was coming to that, that we're missing something because she, she read where the Lord healed people. She read where the Lord had compassion on people and touched them and how he all had, he would say things like, um, if you have faith, you will say to this mountain, be moved and it will, it will move. And, and how he said that you will see greater things than these and how he said that it's better for you that I go back to heaven because when I go back to heaven, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the comforter to you and he will guide you in all things that I've taught you. And it also says that he will, he will, uh, you will see these greater things because of that. You will see these greater miracles than even Jesus and the disciples saw because he goes to the father and because the Holy Spirit comes back to us. So we both kind of had the same conclusion, but we didn't know how to get to that point, and we wanted to increase our faith. We wanted to increase our knowledge of the scriptures. So we we both began reading together, um, and separately even more, and kept trying to study. Well, one day I was driving into work, as I was, you know, every day we were thinking about this and and and, and praying, asking the Lord to show us um, more, show us show us what is that those greater things that you were talking about. Show us. Show us what that means and show us how to how to see that. One day I was driving into work and I noticed uh, one of the guys that worked here, there at the lumber yard where I work. And he his wife was dropping him off because they have one car. And she dropped him off. She was sitting in the passenger seat. He, he drove and then she was going to get in the driver's seat and go home. But she just sat there for a minute and, and didn't get didn't get up to go get in the driver's seat to, to leave. And I thought it was odd. So I sat and watched for a minute to see what was going on because I thought her husband was going to walk in and, and quit and then go back to the car and go home. And that was why she didn't get up. And I, thankfully that wasn't it. But but I, I realized that the reason she sat there and didn't get up was because she was hurting. She had a, a lot of different health problems. And she was hurting and she was trying to get the motivation to get up and, and actually stand up and go around to the to the other side of the car. And I said, oh, man, that's, you know, that was sad. It, it felt bad. And I, I got up and I started to go into work. And as I was walking into the store, the Lord, again, that, that same voice, very clear, very, very obvious. The Lord said to me, I want you to pray for her to be healed. I want you to pray for her to be healed. And, and I said, and I, and I've never heard that before. I've never I've never heard the Lord tell me anything like that before. And so I said, okay, Lord. And I went and I set my things down at my desk and I, I came back out and I introduced myself to the, uh, to the lady there and told her that I'm a Christian. And I told her kind of the story I just shared that, that I've been reading the scriptures um, and finding out that there's, there seems to be a lot more to following Christ than, 
than I've known in that he seems um, that there, Jesus said that there would be more, that you would see miracles, that you would see great things from God as a follower of him. And, and this morning when I saw you, the Lord told me to come pray for you to be healed. I think he wants to heal you. She said, yes. And I said, you know, can I put my hand on your shoulder as I pray? And she said, yes. So I pray for her. And as I'm praying, I feel something happened to her. And I, I don't know best way to describe it, but, but as I'm praying for her, I'm, I'm asking the Lord to heal her. And I'm thanking the Lord for loving her so much. And I, my heart just builds up with this feeling of love. Um, again, I don't know how to explain it, but what it's, what it felt like was God showed me for a second, a glimpse of how much he loved her. That was what I felt. I felt a glimpse of, of the Lord's love for her. And as I began to pray and I thank the Lord for loving her that much, I could feel that love, at least a small piece of it. I could feel it. And I, be, I kept praying. And I thank the Lord for, for loving her and wanting to heal her and asked him to heal her. And I felt something happen. I felt something change in her. And, you know, I finished praying and I, I thanked her for letting me pray for her. I couldn't see anything different. You know, I didn't, I couldn't tell she didn't say anything. And so I, I just thanked her for letting me pray. And I went back to work and, um, she went, she went home. And, and so the next day I went and approached her, her husband, asked him if anything had happened to her. And he was, he was grinning ear to ear when he, when he saw me, he said, man, I, my wife told me you prayed for her yesterday. And I said, yes. I said, I said, yeah, I did. And she said, he said, she told me that something changed in her when you were praying for her, something happened. And then he went on to tell me that she had some sort of heart condition where her heart would stop at night or, or her, um, that's what he told me. Her heart would stop at night. She would have to once a month, she'd have to stay on a monitor all night long. She'd have to stay on this machine to, for them to track her heart. And she had to do that one night every month. And or that night after I prayed for her was her night to go and to stay on that monitor throughout the night. And I don't know how long it had been that she had been doing this every, every month, but it sounded like it had been a long time. I, I don't know how long for sure. But when she woke up the next morning on that monitor, the doctors came to her and said, there's nothing wrong with your heart. Come back in six months and we'll check on it again. And, and she was amazed and he was amazed and I was amazed <laughs> and uh, the Lord had healed her of this heart condition. And, and she had, she had to go there every month because she had this problem and, and all of a sudden it's gone. And she felt that happen. And I felt that happen. The Lord touched her. And, uh, that was a huge, increase of my faith to see that the Lord is still doing things like that. And the Lord does still want to heal. And, and I don't understand everything about it, but I understand that God is good. And I, and I see more and more that, that the Lord loves us so much. And he, the fact that the creator of the universe would take the time to step into my life and show me something like that and would step into her life and heal her like that is, is amazing. Um, because neither one of us have done anything to deserve that. And that he would care that much to do that is, I love it. I love more, I love learning more about how much the Lord loves us. And 
and those around us. So I continue uh, praying and continue learning. And a few weeks later, I have this really bad pinched nerve between my shoulder blades. Uh, that was that was driving me crazy. I would turn my head and I would just cringe and my, my back would freeze up because of the pain. And I don't know what it was, if I slept on it wrong or if I picked something up. I, I don't know what actually caused it, but it was it was just bothering me. And my wife and I were listening to some some sermons, some um, some people talking about different healings that they've experienced, and and they've seen in their own ministry where the Lord has stepped down and touched someone in that way. And I I paused it and I said, you know, we're listening to this guy talking about people who he's seen healed, and I'm sitting here in pain. Why don't we just pray for my back? And so my wife. Um, she was sitting on the couch and I was sitting on the floor and I just, I just put my head on her knee as she was sitting there and, and the kids, I have a two-year-old and a one-year-old and they jumped up in her lap and she told them we're going to pray for daddy. And so they all put their hands on my back and they all, all right on my shoulders and, and started praying for me and Leah started praying for me. And as she's praying, the pain completely goes away. The pinched nerve is fine. Uh, I, I can turn my head, I can move my shoulders, everything, it goes away. And I said, man, that's awesome. And we, and we thank the Lord for that. And we, we praised him for it together. And we were both just, just amazed that the Lord would step in and do something even that simple. I and mean, that's not even that big of a deal. Although it was bothering me in the big picture, it's not that big of a deal. And the Lord took that opportunity to step in and tell us that he loves us. And that's how I took that. Well, then this third thing was a couple weeks after that, my little girl, a year and a half, had uh, ear infections. Um, she was getting them off and on, and we ended up having to have tubes put in, the, the ear tubes. And after the, they call it a surgery because they have to do a small incision in your ear canal, and you have to have antibiotics afterwards to keep it from to keep that incision from getting infected. And we forgot to get the antibiotics when we left the doctor after the, after the procedure. And so the next day she ended up with a really bad fever and her ears were hurting really bad. She kept pulling on them. We, we, it looked like she had gotten an infection again, but that it was worse. This, it seemed to be worse this time because her face was puffy she really hot. We didn't check her temperature, so I don't know what the level was, but it was she was puffy and hot and sweating around the edges of her of her temples and pulling on her ears and all that. And she she was she got kind of lethargic. She would she was just sitting there for a while and I and I held her for probably an hour. She just sat there not wanting to move or do anything. And while Leah went to went to town to get the antibiotic. <clears throat> And she came back and, and we gave her the antibiotic. I gave her some Tylenol for the fever. And as soon as, as we were giving her the Tylenol, I said, you know, I want to pray for her, for the Lord to take this fever away. But I don't. we just gave her the medicine, and I don't want it to be confused whether or not it was the Lord that took it away or the medicine. And so I said, maybe we should just wait and, and pray if it gets worse. And my wife said, no, let's just go ahead and pray for her. And so I said, okay. And so we gave her the antibiotic. We gave her the Tylenol both at the same time and then started praying at the same time. 
And so I pick her up and we pray for her. And like I said, she had been lethargic. She didn't want to move. She didn't talk. If she did talk, it was just whining, crying, not, not really talking. And we pray for her and I set her down on the floor. And as I set her down on the floor, she takes off running and playing and laughing. And night and day from when I picked her up to when I set her down, in an instant, as we prayed for her, she's, she changed, she's happy and she's not pulling on her ears, but she's still hot in the face. She still has that fever. And so we pray for her again and it's still hot. So we pray for her again and we let her play and she's just happy and, and singing and, and just totally different, but she's still hot in the face. So we pray again. I think it was four times that we prayed for her. And on that fourth time, this was all within about a five minute window. That fourth time, the fever is gone. We touch her face, it's gone. There's no heat. There's no redness in her face. There's no puffiness, no swelling, no uh, nothing. Uh, she's The fever has left. The pain has left. And from what we can tell, the infection has completely left because, because of the no pain. She doesn't care. She's laughing and singing and happy. And just within about a five-minute window, and, and there's no way Tylenol took that fever away in five minutes and to to my understanding. And and there's no way that the antibiotic took the infection away in five minutes. If I understand that properly and it had to have been the Lord. And, and I, and I tell you when I set her down, she was instantly better. And then within that five minute window fever completely gone, it was just, it was amazing. And like I said before, I I don't understand everything about the, the way the Lord works. And I, and I, feel pretty confident that I never will <laughs> in this life. But but I do understand that the Lord very deeply loves us, very deeply loves the world. And he said that I love the world so much that I gave my own son to die on the cross so that, as, as Joshua said earlier, so that we wouldn't have to face the condemnation, the condemnation that already comes on us by not believing in Christ the condemnation that is inherited to us by our disbelief. He says that I sent my son to die on the cross so that you wouldn't have to have that condemnation so that you would not be condemned. And, and if he loves us that much that he would die for us, then man, he must love us a lot. And it's amazing to learn more and more about that, learn more and more about his love. And then to see these little pictures that, these are not the greatest images of his love, but they, but they just confirm it. And, and for no other reason than that, he loves us that much that he's showing us again and again, these through these different, I mean, these miracles that he's done in our life. Um, just, just to show us that he cares, just to show us that he loves us. And uh, again, I'm, I'm just amazed by all that, but, but, I'm I'm very thankful to see what the Lord has done in my in our life and and I'm excited and expectant to see more and more of it as we keep going. We're here in North Carolina now working and and raising the kids and and I'm just about to start some classes online to finish up my my Bible degree, get some get my education finished up and then after that we'll be moving on to to Rhode Island to plant a church as, as the Lord told us to all those years ago. And 
as we get closer and closer to that, as we get closer to what we're, what we know is the goal for us, the purpose for us is so exciting to see that God is in the middle of it. It's so exciting to see that, that he has not only been blessing me my whole life and guiding me, but that he's also providing everything I need. And he's also there with his own power, which gives me the confidence that I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to have everything figured out. I don't have to know everything. I, I, can, I can focus on studying. I can focus on learning. I can focus on following Christ with the confidence that God's got my back. And if God is for us, who can stand against us? And as I go to help win Rhode Island for Christ, I know that I've got the backing of the King to, to reach those hearts. And I know that it's not just me trying to convince people to follow a religion. It's that I'm trying to tell people and now uh, even more, even with more assurance in my own life, I'm telling people that God loves them so much. And those people that are there that are, that are hurting or, or, that they're lost or that they're in addiction or whatever it may be. I can, I can tell them that there's a God who loves them so much and he wants to step into their life and transform it. And it's an amazing, uh, amazing knowledge to have an amazing thing to tell. But, uh, thank you, Josh, for, for letting me share that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, that's a good um, testimony there. Appreciate your testimony. We hope that through the testimony that uh, others can see that it's a um, not who you are, but it's the love of Jesus that uses us and works through us. Um, that he he'll he'll he uses a willing vessel. He doesn't use a capable vessel, but a willing vessel. He ma- he makes us capable. Um through his power, through the Holy Spirit. Um, so we appreciate you and your devotion to the Lord and your seeking um, God's will in your life. Uh, I want to comment on the what you comment or what you stated earlier on that you, when as you read the New Testament, you didn't see where the miracles ended. And... I emphasize that um, there was a point in my life as well that I was questioning. Well, I've heard that before. People say, "Well, this is not the era of miracles." That was then when they, the apostles, initiated the church, the ecclesia, and it faded out. And like you seem to have learned, um, of the 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 thought that. It wasn't the miracles that waned. It was the faith of the believers that waned. And as I've pastored a church through the pandemic, um, I was teaching them that. I I went verse by verse through the book of Acts. And the someone came up to me and commented to me that they had never been preached the book of Acts in that way that there was, they didn't understand the book of Acts like that, like I was teaching them. And I was, I was kind of startled by that. I was like, really? I mean, I was, (laughs) um, the, but I saw 
in the when you read the book of Acts and and the the series that I started verse by verse was the Acts of the Holy Ghost because I wanted to emphasize that the Holy Ghost was moving the apostles to work and to call to perform these miracles and it was through the Holy Ghost and it continued and as long as we're in the Holy Ghost and in his will it should have should have continued and but it still is obviously but it's according to our faith on how much he reveals to us and but it's just amazing to see how the Lord works and how he moves and and also his patience with us um, in our understanding and our perception of his word but as you also mentioned uh, with your wife watching that um, that's that um, series was that um we need to read read his word to know know what's what right the devil throws a lot of counterfeits out and if but if we know his word and his scriptures um we we can we we know what to say where to go what what to point out what not to point out um i went to made a point one to read straight through the the gospels to get that storyline straight from Matthew to Revelation. And at one point I took the audio version of the Bible and I listened through it seven times. Um, I forget how long it took me to do it. I was actually doing it on the way to work, listening to the audio on the way to work to get to just to listen straight through the, the stories, the events in order, because too many times people, now I've read through, so I've probably been through the New Testament read through it including that probably 10 times 12 times i think something like that now uh-huh. um but it's important we're supposed to study to show thyself approved unto god a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth but it's just as important to know where that scripture is where that story was where that event took place what was the circumstances so that's part of our memorization and tying it around our necks and writing it on our doorpost of our heart is for us to know and understand where it fits in to the life of Jesus, where it fits into the Gospels, where it fits into to his love letter. So that's important. And that's good. I was glad to hear that. Um, so I'm hoping this will this testimony here would help others that may be in a at a turning point and they're not sure which way to go. Maybe this will help them direct them to the direction they need to go. Yeah. We are going to, Oh, one thing I want to mention is that as, um, because we, as Christians, we're, we're, we're supposed to show the love of Jesus, but we're also to rebuke and show, the love of Christ through rebuke and provoke one another to righteousness. I just want to make a quick comment here as we close out this uh, podcast is that in our local area, and I just posted an update podcast yesterday. If you want to go back, I think it's the previous podcast of this one. And it's about a church in the local area. It's a, a Trinity Lutheran church of greenville and apparently it's a they they are preaching heresy blasphemy to the lord because they're um teaching uh, i think it's called 
trying to remember uh, the gospel of inclusion. And I think the gist of it is that the Jesus accepts sin and you're going to go to heaven anyway in spite of your sin. So you can just continue to live in your sin and Jesus will um, uh, will accept you anyway because they are they're openly supporting the homosexual LGBTQIA plus whatever it is now. And they're condoning the sin and condoning the lifestyle with the church worship service and their leadership. Um, so once it was made public that they had a drag queen show um, there at the church and they had it scheduled for May 12th. Um, once that was made public, uh, a lot of the outrage about it came, came, came to be came, a lot of outrage from other church, biblical churches to that. And I was made aware of it by actually the preacher, Tommy at Grace Baptist Church in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina. He actually preached on it that Sunday that it was made public and preached a very good sermon on that. And I actually shared, posted that sermon on my Facebook page. Uh, but also Pastor Mark Burns contacted me and had a meeting, a team meeting. Uh, he's running for Congress. Uh, he's a pastor or was a pastor in Easley. So we had a team meeting about it to have a counter meeting not a protest but a counter meeting um showing that church um hopefully to 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 reveal to them the truth about it and what god's view actually is because they they are wolves in sheep's clothing um deceiving lost souls and so we were going to make a statement about it have a, a counter meeting on that same day may 12th well we found out monday that because of that pressure that drag queen um, decided to cancel the meeting. So I just want to praise the Lord for that, that they canceled the meeting. Now the church itself is still um, wallowing in that sin and they're having a, a meeting tomorrow. And I've got details of that in the, the previous podcast. Um, if there's those in this area that would want to join us, but I just want to share that real quick to show that when Christians, so we didn't even go, but we just were vocal on what God, God's word says and the truth. And it put pressure on them not to, to carry that out to a degree. So I just want to encourage those that are in Christ to step up and not be silent, but to be vocal in your faith in Jesus Christ and he can use you. Because we're at war. We're not at war with people, but we're at war with the devil. And it's a spiritual battle. And it can only be one in the spirit. So just I encourage you to, to live in the spirit, not in the flesh, and to exercise your faith in love and compassion. Um, follow the ultimate example, which is Jesus. And I don't think we can go wrong there. Amen. All right, enjoyed having you, and we're going to close this uh, this podcast out with a word of prayer. Would you like to close us out in prayer? Sure. Thanks for having me. No Lord, problem. I thank you so much for all that you've done. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. Lord, I thank you for your love, and, and Lord, you don't have to love us. You don't have to love me, and you don't have to love Josh, and you don't have to love that drag queen. But God, you do. You love us. 
not not because of whether we're good or bad. You love us not because we've earned anything at all, because we never could. You love us because you chose you chose to. And Lord, I thank you so much for that. Lord, we understand and, and Josh understands that your love is not a license to sin. Your love calls us out of sin. Your love you said you chasten those who you love. And Lord, you want us you want us to understand your love. You want us to understand what you've given for us in Christ and the, the blood that he shed so that we could have freedom from sin. But you want us to grow in your grace. You want us to grow in your scriptures and to learn. You said to, to be holy as I am holy. And Lord, that's a, that's a tall uh, ask as we live our lives and we fail. For us to try to be holy is, is an amazing task. But, but Lord, you, you've asked us to do it. You've told us to do it, and you've you've said that that as you go and as you learn my scriptures and as you commit yourself to holiness, as you commit yourself to obedience, you commit yourself to faithfulness, that I will be your strength, that I will be your rock. I will be the one renewing your mind and transforming you. So, Lord, I just thank you that you love us enough to call us out of sin, and you love us enough to give us the strength to do it. You love us enough to be with us, not just on the day we're saved, but every day after that. You love us enough to be there, to guide us, to bring us along, to direct us. You said your Holy Spirit would guide us in all truth and remind us of all things that Jesus taught us. Lord, I pray right now for all those listening uh, to this podcast. I pray for for Joshua, for myself. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit guides us and directs us in all truth, that you give us your blessing to grow to learn, and Lord, convince us over and over again. Show us your love, not just for us, but for the people around us so that that we can be a witness for you, so that we can stand for truth, as as Joshua said. Um, Lord, that we can stand for truth and we can stand for your love and we can stand for people. And Lord, help help us to love people the way you do and help us to love your word. Lord, give us a, a burning desire to see your kingdom pushed forward. And Lord, again, I just thank you for all you are and all that you do. It's in Jesus' name I pray.